0: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Edit audio. You are now listening to season two of Podcasts with Daddy, hosted by myself, Marissa. But I think you call me Daddy now. In this season you get to join me on some beautiful dates with some extra special people. But today we've got someone extra special, someone I've been having a big Instagram crush on for a minute now. We have the one and only Gabrielle Alexa. Gabrielle Alexa is an author, essayist, and sex positive content creator. She has bylines everywhere including Cosmopolitan, Huffington Post, Elle, Playboy. And she published her first book, and it's called "How to Live with the Internet and Not Let It Ruin Your Life." She made that back in March 2021, and here she is today on a date with me in High Park in Toronto. I made up a cute little picnic for her, so grab a blanket and come come join.
1: <laughs> okay, so I turn left in 200 meters.
0: Hey, do you see me? I'm wearing yellow
1: yes well, i'm right behind you uh, sorry i'm sick <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i know the the park is huge it's really easy to get lost i'm so sorry have you have you ever been to toronto no wow well welcome, welcome. This is my first time. Hey! <laughs> welcome to the city of queers um i hope you stay for a while i'm definitely considering it <laughs> i did set up this little picnic for us what do you think there's some snacks, got a charcuterie board. I, oh, I should have checked. I hope you're not lactose intolerant because there's a lot of cheese. I
1: am, but you know, I always, I always keep my lactate pills on deck. Like it's a date, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sweet. So where should we start? Do you want something to drink? I've got sparkling water. I've got some canned wine, Pinot Grigio. Yeah, I
1: love a drink.
0: Sweet. Here you go. You. So tell me about your day.
1: Um, my day's great. You know, I've been giving a bunch of people presents recently. It just worked out that way. So I feel like I've been arts and crafting being the full DIY dike that I am. <laughs> I'm not, but I, I learned how to be that.
0: <laughs> like, what things have you been making?
1: Well, so I don't know why this is like people are into this, but they decorate liquor bottles in glitter, so you have to mod podge the glitter on. So I did that. Oh. Um, and then I like added like additional rhinestones that was pretty lit. And I helped someone build a desk recently, which that is you know, it's still a gift, <laughs> even if it's you know, an act of service. Uh-huh. Um, yeah that's that's really it that's a lot though for me i don't build anything
0: true diy dike. okay i know <laughs> i'm gonna get a whole toolkit you should and rhinestone it Well we have to you have to how yeah. about your day my day has been kind of tiring i've been driving around a lot for work today and between that and like setting up for this picnic it's a beautiful day I'm just going to let the universe do its thing. Uh, So let's... I don't know how to say this. Let's go on a date right now?
1: Let's start the date.
0: Let's start start the date. Okay. Wow. The awkwardness of dating. So speaking of dates, what's your ideal date? I love dates where I'm doing
1: things with people. I feel like I hate small talk, I guess. Mm. So I always try to pick a date that's like an activity. I'm a huge... Like I love escape rooms So I've taken a lot of people on escape room dates and I honestly teaches you a lot about the person. I uh, hosted a date auction and then one of the guys who was being auctioned was really cute. His style was like matching my vibe, I guess. So I bid on him and I took him to an escape room and he was the worst at the escape room. Like I was (laughs) like, wow, he's hot. Like, you know, I'd hit, but like we're not gonna date because he kind of like gave up, he wasn't like, he was like very easily defeated and I feel like it's like so low risk it's just an escape room yeah. so so just participate and we were with this family and they were doing like their game night this obviously before COVID and they were so into it and like bouncing ideas off and teamwork and by the end of it I was like oh my god I want this family to adopt me <laughs> and I don't like him
0: oh, <clears throat> that's too bad wow this is a great idea I have done a couple times the escape room dates. Cause like you said, mm-hmm. I always feel like it's a good way to see if you're compatible under a lot of pressure. And I'm like mm-hmm. really competitive. And I had one time where this woman I t- brought on a date to an escape room. Her and I like together we got through it, and I was like, oh, she's the one. Yeah. That was before I learned about astrology and like how Capricorns mm-hmm. and Gemini is maybe not the best um Mm. so it didn't work out in the long term but I was so set on the fact that we got through this game together and it was a really hard escape route not a lot of people got through it but we did together so uh my theory may be off but I think it's still a great date I agree
1: I do escape rooms all the time and now here we have a mystery date which is like like escape room but a picnic
0: So you have to like
1: escape, you have to like do a whole bunch of clues to get all of the ingredients to your picnic, and (gasps) it ends at the picnic location.
0: That's so cute. Okay, that's very date specific and so romantic. My Capricorn (laughs) heart. Wow. That sounds great.
1: What is your ideal date, other than just riffing off of my idea?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do like doing things with people, So, but I'm also a big homebody. Like I go to a lot of parties and events and stuff. But like I have to save up enough energy to do those things. But I am such a homebody that I am big on being like, let's cook dinner together, let's um, paint and have some wine and talk and play like board games. So I feel like I'm kind of boring, and that's not everyone's vibe. So I try to go outside <laughs> and do picnics.
1: That's so funny. Someone came over and did exactly like they were like, oh, I'll bring my paint over. <laughs> And I was like, okay, right, sure. This is very That is me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love me a good paint date, too. Don't get me wrong. Because I, as a Cancer, I, too, am a homebody. hmm I think it's just that, for me, the concept of home is, like, people are home. So it depends, I think, on the person. Yeah. Like, if that person makes me feel very at home, then I can go anywhere as long as they're, like, my home base. And I can feel that, I think, really easily
0: with people who have good vibes. Mm-hmm. I also feel like some first dates, it's like, I don't want to invite just anyone <laughs> over to my place or, you know, like, especially first date, it's very much like third, fourth date kind of vibe, but... Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
1: I remember college, like, living in my dorm and inviting people over and being like, oh my god, I want this person to leave, and that was (laughs) the worst. Like, I hate when I just want to go do my own thing Mm -hmm. in my space, and I'm like, okay, like, whenever you want to leave, and then they just don't.
0: The worst. I had a date not too long ago where she drove, like, over an hour to come hang, and then, like we've been talking online for so long just like as friends and just like in person just not the vibe just not the vibe and then it got later and later and she's just the type to just talk about herself and not like rip back with me like have a conversation she was mostly just talking at me and I was like how do I get you to go home she wow. doesn't. She just Well, this just is stayed. also
1: queer culture. We, we <laughs> talk about all the bad dates we've been on.
0: Next, we'll start like talking about like actual exes that we have in common. Um, but
1: wait, you have a Brooklyn ex? You actually have
0: one? I actually do have a Brooklyn ex. Do you know her? I don't. I don't know. Do I? Maybe. I don't know. I queer queer don't... black
1: Brooklyn is like yay big.
0: Yeah, you probably know each other. Ugh.
1: There, there was a day recently. One of my partners. Went on a date with someone I had just done a podcast with And I was like, oh my god (laughs) Like, we're just so far Like, we're not that far. (laughs) Uh
0: Oh man I can't believe that it's that small Well, like, we say in Toronto here Like, black queer community is very small And it's like Mm -hmm. We know each other, like Or at least, like, if we don't know each other The person you're dating knows them Or, like, and then poly community Is even smaller so. Right, I
1: mean, I also think, I think I tend to date creatives, mm. which is also its own, like, sub-community that yes. interacts constantly, like, it's always, like, the event planners, the podcasters, the writers, like, those, the social media people, so it's, like, there's only but so many of those people who are also pack and queer. yeah. And every single time I'm like, oh, of course, you know, this person or like I finally did like face reveal on the guy that I'm dating and everyone was like, oh, I know him. I was like, yeah, probably.
0: (laughs) Anyways, you, you wrote a book.
1: I did. Oh, my God. The question goes, I'm waiting on my copy of your book. I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am waiting on my copy of the book. I got so excited when it came. I bought two copies. I sent mine back to you to be signed. Um, so yeah, so I was incredibly anxious
1: and depressed for months. And then oh. I went on meds recently. I know I've been posting about it a lot, but I went on meds recently and I didn't really know that I was depressed, I guess. Oh. Like I thought I was just like, having a bad time. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, like my cousin died and all this happened. So like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then once I was on medication, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was depressed. Mm. so now I have like motivation to do things like getting literally walking the two blocks at the post office and I'm just like oh my god I'm me, like what the fuck is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> I also said that I was gonna come to Brooklyn to come get it so also are you not me. coming
1: I thought you were I don't coming. know
0: when I'm like sorting things out because it's tricky with my son's school stuff I just have to find someone to like care for him because like I've had so many friends like cross the border and then they couldn't leave that day that they had planned. So I'm just like, oh, my God, if I can't go back the day that I planned to go back, all my childcare stuff is going to be messed up. But I am coming and I'm also going to throw a party in Brooklyn again. That is the plan.
1: Well, I will just send you the books and <laughs> you're not coming. And as soon as you are
0: here, I would love to see you. It'd be great for sure it'll be a fun time but tell me about your book since i didn't get a chance to read it like i want to know more
1: well so it's a book about the internet it is definitely very like queer centric and the sex positive centric i talk about the rise in sex positive education online and how it's because like there's such an absence of it so there are so many like internet enclaves where that happens and i talk about how queer people find community and also you know how polyamorous people find community basically like how for marginalized groups it's really great that we have access to the internet i talked about the digital divide and how like not everyone has the same access to internet mm. even internet service providers are racist so like they tend to focus on areas where there's more rich white people to build cell phone towers to build internet towers to build all of the communication devices that they need to create high-speed internet access obviously there's a difference between like having dial-up in your neighborhood and having high-speed internet access and the more that people create really cool apps the more there's a need for high speed like you can't go on tiktok and (laughs) dial-up
0: imagine
1: and of course I talked oh. about misinformation I mean that was rough because I mean now we see it a lot with like anti-vax stuff but when I was mm-hmm. writing we were just seeing like I mean I wrote about Pizzagate which is like Trump supporters thought that Hillary Clinton was kidnapping children and holding them in the basement of a pizza store and the white supremacists were radicalized to show up at a pizza store to liberate the small children they thought were hidden there and they showed up with weapons. Obviously, there's not even a basement in that pizza place, so they were wrong. Oh yeah. And I found like a bunch of different stories of misinformation and how it like genuinely leads to real life harm. Like people act like digital harm only happens online. Like you can just log off and like no big deal. So I wanted to make that connection between what we see online and what we do in real life.
0: Wow. So How to Live with the Internet. It's been out for how long now? Has it been
1: I came out in March. I'm already working on my book proposal for my second book. So like in my head I'm like, wow, it was so long.
0: Well that's amazing. I'm so proud of like the work you've been doing and like all the things that you're able to like share. Like does this, a lot of your knowledge of these topics does it come from like, your software developer background in addition to, like, your writing? Like, what inspired you to kind of get into all these topics?
1: I started writing, and I was mostly focusing on, like, dating, relationships, and sex. Mm-hmm. And I wrote for Tinder for a long time. So, obviously, the, the I was writing mostly about dating. And um, there's, like, actual... Research on dating and relationships and I learned a lot about how people relate to each other and about online dating and that made me want to do coding, I guess, for dating apps. Mm. Also, like, you know, writing is just a thankless profession sometimes. Like, it's, like, in between projects, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so broke. I was like, I just really want insurance. That'd be nice. <laughs> but I also think, like, when you're on social media and you're receiving like dick pics from random guys and like facing harassment but you kind of also learn certain tools Mm -hmm. so i think i took that with me into my software engineering courses and then i learned a lot by being around other software engineers because there are people who are very very talented at software who are better than me but i think if they don't have empathy or if they have certain biases then those things get placed into the code like i think i have my own biases that get placed into code and i think it made me want to create safe fur spaces online and it wanted, it made me want to bring that into my software career so like one example is i i was working on a like an airplane flight management app Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't fly a lot so I was like oh how much can an upgrade like to upgrade your seat cost like $20 like whatever and then I'm demoing it and they're like this is great perfect however why would it be $20 to upgrade your seat and I realized that like because I don't fly a lot I just don't know what the price point is so in my like dummy prices I undershot a little bit. Mm. And I think in a broader way, if you're biased against a certain group of people or certain behaviors, that that gets embedded in the code as well, even if like you try your best to be unbiased. Mm. So all of that is to say is I had all these experiences, I was writing, and I really wanted to create safe, like, online, connective communities, and mm. I wanted to use code to do it.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you for the work that you do. I'm now wondering, like... As someone who has worked in software development, do you have any like dating apps that you prefer?
1: Well, (laughs) no. I (laughs) think, I mean, I use Tinder because I think there's just the most people on that app. So that's what I think too. Right. I know a lot of people hate Tinder, but. It, it's just the most people, like you get the most bang for your buck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I work for a dating app, so <laughs> I'm a little biased. <laughs> I work for hashtag open. I know it's only good if you live, or not only good, but it's the best if you live in a city.
0: Oh, hey. Okay. Hashtag open. Because,
1: yeah, because otherwise I think it can, you can struggle to find people. Okay. You still have to weed through, you know, the unicorn hunters and the whatever, so those are my two favorites i like field as well i have some c- concerns about their interface it's just like not intuitive but mm. that's a software development thing and i don't think the majority
0: feel that interesting i wonder do you know if these work in canada
1: maybe i believe hashtag open works in canada
0: Oh. i just know like the ones that are definitely popular here uh tinder for sure i know a lot of people use bumble um her and lex but i i don't like how lex looks
1: i don't like lex either (laughs) and it's like i
0: want i do want to see what
1: people look like like i get it but like i still need to know and i don't like bumble because the whole premise is that girls hit people first Mm -hmm. but like that only makes sense in hetero shit. so i'm confused on what you're supposed to do if you're queer on that app and i just don't think it's radical to let girls make the first move, like I make the first move all the time.
0: I will just sit there waiting. I mean, <laughs>
1: right? And then, like, what? What? Are, what do non-binary people do on that app? Because like yeah. are they allowed to hit up first or no? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who knows? This is why I've just avoided it because on Tinder, even. And I just feel like I just know so many people that a lot of the time, and maybe you experience this too, people will match with you because they either know you from social media or they're your friend. So they're like, hey, match. Whereas I'm just like, okay, do we actually, do you actually want to date? Like, what, what's the situation here?
1: Oh my God. I'm the annoying person who, if I see my friend, I'm like, swipe, please. (laughs) So...
0: In addition to writing, do you read a lot?
1: I've been reading weird stuff lately. That's why I was like, "Oh <laughs> man, is this? <laughs> We're gonna go into this." Um, do it. So I, I have never been a comic person in, in the past. However, the comics for Black Panther are really gay,
0: <laughs> like yes! in a way that the
1: film is not. And I just like was in disbelief, like the Dora Milaje are gay and like I was like oh like let me go read and find out and there's like so much more to that world than just Wakanda uh-huh. so um are these the ones yeah, I was reading Roxane Gay is that who's on it I think I, no this is ta coats Coates oh right so I've been <laughs> reading that and then um there's Similarly, you know how uh, Wonder Woman is one of the Amazons in the DC comics? Um, well, there is a black trans Amazon in Nubia and the Amazons, and the Nubia is black. So I'm reading <laughs> that too. What? That's so I sick. Like, I'm just like, is it gay? <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's it. That's um, awesome. And then in terms of nonfiction, I was rereading Polysecure. I just prefer. Because I like skimmed it the first time and I wanted to like more sit with it. And I recently bought the polyamory breakup book by Kathy Labriola. I just opened up my Kindle (laughs) for the author of that one. And those are just because I want to expand my language. I talk about polyamory. There are things that you can like feel and know. And then like the language that you use is important. And I want to make sure I am communicating effectively when it comes to polyamory.
0: Those are some good ones. Paula Secure has been on my list, but I'm trying not to buy any more books right now because if you could only see my bookshelf of all these books that I've just been like buying and buying and buying and just not making the time to read them, I still have to get into uh, The Ethical Slut, which has been on like... I
1: mean, that one is like... The, it's so basic at this point that like you don't even need to read it. After, really? Like, the internet, like all those little like quote banner slideshow things on polyamory, like is do basically the ethical slide, Like <laughs> you're fine.
0: <laughs> so polysecure is definitely the one then.
1: Yeah, I really like polysecure. It's so interesting that I bought the polyamory breakup book because I just wondered mm-hmm. like what was in it. And then now one of my partners is going through a breakup, and I'm like, ooh, do I give for the book? Mm. It's so hard watching the person you love go through a breakup. It's, like, really hard.
0: It is. I can't even... In my, like, polyam, like, experience, I've always been, like, solo poly, so I've never really considered myself to be, like, completely polyam because I've never been in a situation where I had a partner I've just dated. So I never even think about, like, these parts of things where you have a partner that has a breakup or... I've always read about things where it's, like, issues with metamors, and that's things I've had to try to, like, navigate. But I have been so lucky, so, 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 so lucky.
1: I have no metamor issues. (sighs) Amazing. All my metamors are popping. However, this dude broke up with my partner, and now the whole crew wants to commit murder. I didn't know that was a feeling that I could feel. (sighs) I was like, why would you break up with our girlfriend?
0: <laughs> oh. No, like so actually heartbreaking. It. It's a breakup for everyone. Ugh.
1: Right? And then like so the night it happened, I was like, nah, he's not going to break up with you. Like, we'll break up with you. You're the best. And then I guess she sent a mass text to everyone being like, so I was right. And now not only do I have to be like my fault, like I was wrong, <laughs> but I'm also like well now we ride at dawn for this man <laughs> cuz
0: Oh, there he oh, I wonder, like, that kind of shifts your whole relationship amongst, like, is it the three?
1: Well, I wasn't dating him. Okay. <laughs>
0: so not much shifting.
1: <laughs> not for me. No. I mean, it does suck because I think my life is going a lot better because antidepressants. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't want to make someone feel bad that I'm good mm-hmm. and then the day that I found out I had done acid that morning and I was i would to be honest like <laughs> it's really hard for me to take anything seriously right now but I'll come over
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> I can't even imagine <laughs> like I'm thinking back to any time that I've done acid and just like everything's out the window I have to like not be on my phone I just have to be outside in nature and just breathing <laughs> Existed.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was like full disclaimer, I did acid today, so I want to you to know if I laugh inappropriately, like it's not on me. (laughs) If I if I am not as serious as I need to be for this very serious situation, like in advance, my fault.
0: Good for you for still being able to like you know go through with having a conversation because I could not. I'd have to everything has to be (laughs) cancelled. like speaking on like polyamory and non-monogamy do you of course have you seen a lot of misconceptions like what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you hear about this lifestyle
1: I think in general it's that people don't understand the atmosphere of care that is involved like they think it's just like I get to just do whatever I want and that I don't have to have check-in conversations I mean Queer people are already like overprocessed together <laughs> and then like you add polyamory and it's like most of the relationship is me having eight-hour processing conversations and it's not as much of like the kink as people think. Um not that there's no kink in my life at all, but it definitely is secondary to the amount of communication and transparency, and it's hard for anyone when they're making a shift. But it was definitely hard for me when my mental health was not, like, A1, and, and I didn't even know. I was like, I'm not depressed. It's hard when you're, like, also trying to get your mental health together, or you have partners who are trying to get their mental health together, and you're also, like, trying to, like, dismantle mononormative thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think people just think that there are, like, people who are greedy and selfish who just migrate to this lifestyle, and that there's
0: no work involved, and that's not true. <laughs> yeah i agree like in toronto i don't know if maybe it's just like toronto queers but i have been in like sun dynamics where they just didn't really do much research on what polyamory is or what it can be and then might have like created a like relationship dynamic with people that was more out of like Just wanting a bit of everything and then leaving such a bad taste in other people who genuinely are interested in the lifestyle. So, yeah, I haven't had much luck, and a lot of people I found have had a harder time like navigating dating and like finding people because of these same misconceptions, or a lot of people. are in monogamous relationships when they really could do well in a polyamorous or non-monogamous like i think people aren't aware especially like black queer community aren't aware of the different options like not only is there the ability to be polyamorous but there's also just being like open sexually non-monogamous in that way having it hierarchical or not having it hierarchical
1: yeah, definitely. I have the the blessing of being on Instagram and people just honestly put in my DMs. So, like, I don't have, like, that, like, awkward, like, shifting through Tinder swiping uh-huh, uh-huh. to find polyamorous people. I think that is why my dynamics are working out so well. It was like people already kind of know what my politics are and how my relationships look. And that's not a benefit that that everyone has. Mm -hmm. I know that other people are not having the same time and I'm always like very nervous to start dating people beyond who I'm already dating and be disappointed or heartbroken. I mean, I'm watching my partner go through this breakup and I'm just like oh my god, it's like terrifying me because this person was like, I think I want to do monogamy. I'm like, oh my god, I would be devastated. That's not like, so now I'm I, I, I think I want to do more intentional fielding of, of potential partners through my Instagram like mm-hmm. if I meet them on a dating app then like divert them to Instagram so we can like see who the other person is before we actually take any big steps mm-hmm. and I'm very nervous to date someone who's not 100% settled on polyamory mm-hmm. even though you know like Olivia was not was monogamous before me and now she's like oh my god polyamory is the best so like it does work out For people who are in you but it's just like really scary to take that risk
0: yeah I was just about to ask you if you've ever had a partner who was monogamous and like navigating that because I've had uh situations where I've dated someone knowing that I was poly and then they were just straight up like I'm monogamous and I'm like how is this good how how do we do this and then I just like ended things because I was like I don't know how to navigate this in a way that's not going to hurt you
1: yeah with Liv it was like we had all i had already posted a lot on Instagram before we hung out Mm -hmm. and then we hung out and I was like so (laughs) I'm polyamorous she was like yeah I know I follow you on Instagram (laughs) right (laughs) cool like that really helps and at first I was really scared that it wouldn't be that it wouldn't work out that she would decide against it so Mm -hmm. like the fact that were able to create a sustainable relationship I was like okay like you can't you know try your luck too many times I better just focus on people who are more experienced for now Mm.
0: because I'm so scared of having my little heart broken of course do you have any tips that you would give for just being in a healthy polyam relationship I mean I guess there are
1: so many different tips though like and for different problems mm-hmm. I think what I have come to a realization on is that there's like this like this image of perfect polyamory that exists particularly on like line, and mm-hmm. you, it, it's just not realistic to expect people to out of the gate be that perfect image like you have to slowly dismantle mononormative thinking mm-hmm. so um, accepting where you're at or where your partner is at Um, on the way to that I think is key like being like okay like I may still have like these thoughts around hierarchy or I still may have these thoughts on like only wanting to date in these particular contexts and I'm working on it I do understand that I have these thoughts or my partner has these thoughts but like just relieving yourself of some of the pressure of perfect polyamory I think is key because otherwise you're just going to keep things in and end up not doing well
0: in it I so. thank you for those tips because i am learning so much <laughs> right now i'm just like oh so it is possible to navigate um, even just like being polyamorous and having someone who is a partner that is monogamous and what that could look like y'all are so cute online thank you
1: <laughs> i'm always like oh no i'm one of those people who like had a normal page and then started dating someone and then had a couple page <laughs> now I'm like dating someone else and I'm just like I'm like oh no by the end of it it's just gonna be like me and them and like no other posts ever gonna hate it <laughs> but I have a I have a big heart oh it's so sweet I know I have a just a big heart and like all I think about all day is I'm like mm, I wonder what they're thinking about
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably you <laughs> I hope so <laughs> Alright, well, I wanna talk more about like your sex positive, uh, I'm tongue tied. Your sex positive posts that you create on Instagram. You share a lot about like sex toys, some that I've actually like went out and bought because your review for them looks so good. What do you wish people knew more when it came to sex?
1: So much. There's just so many misconceptions in all of these topics. I mean I think there's first of all this idea that like if you use toys that you're that those that they're not real parts of sex mm. that like you have to orgasm with someone like manually or using their mouth or something instead of like using a toy and if you rely on toys and like it's not real I had I think that was a huge that's a huge thing that I had to work on cuz I think especially I I date a lot of people on antidepressants, and it'd be hard to come on those. It's mm. like you can't set restrictions on how people feel most comfortable coming, if they even do. Because some people are anorgasmic.
0: Oh, and just, and like, if it's too personal, you don't have to share. But like, in starting your antidepressants, like how soon did you start to notice that? Like, was it like right away? Because I was like thinking about going I... on some, and I had bad reactions to one that I took. So I've just been like scared to try again but it wasn't like
1: the first day but like maybe the first week i was like oh it's slightly harder and like now i'm like i a month in and i'm like yeah it's it's not happening as as quickly as it did before it's not not happening at all but it's certainly a lot more difficult i will say it's so nice to be happy and i
0: definitely prefer that
1: mm-hmm. and you know i'm just go little
0: orgy it'll be fine <laughs> exactly as long as you can still have fun and not being happy mm-hmm. overall i think might be a lot better <laughs> a one-time orgasm <laughs> yeah, i had to like ask, i was like when i got prescribed
1: i'm like talking to my psychiatrist and i'm like okay so this may be i don't know tmi we haven't known each other that long but i really don't want to not go to come and he was like, okay but like
0: do you want to be happy and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> oh i wouldn't even know how to have a conversation with my doctor i just feel like damn but it's important It was so, awkward. Oh, it so is. important because yeah you could have been in a different a whole other place but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh so something that like i found as um difficult with coming more into my like sexy self and why i'm so happy to like follow people like you who are who are also black and also sharing content about sex positivity is that i dealt with a lot of like shame in like my sexuality like growing up in church just like feeling dirty about things and just like that overall feeling of like like this is disgusting like you can't feel good about these things and like i became sexually active from like the age of 14 and then just any time i would have sex or even just like touch myself i would just like instantly feel like disgusting i cannot do that again and it feels like it's only within the last like three four years that i've actually started to enjoy sex and i'm like damn Why did I spend so many years thinking that I was gross for enjoying something that's supposed to be enjoyable? You know, like, is that something that you've ever had to deal with? Like, do you have things that you've kind of had to unlearn about sex?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the main part is that, like, something something exists in your body when you learn shame. So it's not like you just have to unlearn it mentally. Like, you have to learn... It in your body you have to feel it and even you know I, I had the same thing like when I lost my I don't like the term lost my virginity but for lack of a better term when I had my sexual debut mm-hmm. um, I had so much shame and I remember like talking to my boyfriend at the time about it and he was like oh my god but it's fine because like we're gonna get married and I was like that doesn't make me oh. feel better <laughs> and then we didn't get married obviously like <laughs> mm-hmm. um but It was really hard to like move from the shame that I had just like learned. And even at my most sex positive, like after I was already posting and writing and I was like, I have conquered this problem. I went on a PR trip to Hedonism, which is the sex resort in Jamaica. I went, like they invited me for free and I felt pretty good while I was there. But then as soon as we like got in the van to go home, my whole body was like just so shame-filled. Mm. And I had, like, the worst panic attack on the plane, which was terrible because this person who was sitting in my row was like, are you Gab-Alexa? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> now is not a good time. And I was just, like, ha- having, I mean, the worst reaction to it because, like, people had been walking around naked. Like, it was, like, a nudist resort, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I felt like just my presence there could be... Something I should be ashamed of, Mm. and I was like, "Wow! Like I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be the Gav Alexa, and I'm still working through shame narratives. That sucks. Yeah. But meditation really helps. Being around sex positive people really helps. The more that I have friends and partners who I can talk to about kink, and like, I've now been to more sex parties, and I don't have that same like shame response like just immersing myself in other sex positive people i feel like that is
0: like the key yeah i think yeah that toughly makes it a whole world of a difference because it's when the people who are so against all of that start to hear about this that's when it starts to really like get to your head when it really shouldn't but with all of that said what makes you feel sexy
1: my antidepressants make me feel sexy which is so funny like
0: (laughs) I was looking in the mirror and I
1: was like oh I look so good and my uh, (laughs) Olivia my girlfriend was like oh so I see like the antidepressants have started working because for the longest I just was not feeling like myself Mm. and I didn't even notice I just thought I was like oh I guess I just feel not sexy and who knew like they, like a common quote, I feel like all these like Instagram sex educators say, and I see it too, is that your libido is really connected to your mood. And if you're depressed all the time, it's so hard to feel sexy. You know, self-care is the first step to feeling sexy.
0: Well, you always look good, in my opinion. So Thank you. So you're doing the thing. We're going to have a date too. Down if you're down. <laughs> down if you're down. <laughs> so I see... You've got to go, because Olivia, you've got some plans later, yeah?
1: Yeah, I have plans after this, but, you know, I had a great time.
0: <laughs> I had a lovely time, too. Um, yeah, we should do this again. Oh, absolutely, date two. Yeah. I'll
1: plan it this time.
0: <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Escape room? Oh, escape room, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. All right, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your evening, and we'll talk soon talk soon all right I don't mean to be cocky or anything but I'm feeling like a second date is definitely happening in the near future (laughs) you can connect with Gabrielle on Instagram her Instagram is G-A-B-A-L-X-A make sure you go and grab a copy of her book called how to live with the internet out now you can find it on all of the places where you buy books Thanks so much again for joining me on that date and I'll see you at the next one. Who will it be this time?